Tired of toxic, boring, or dead-end relationships? Feeling lonely or clueless when it comes to love? Need a fresh perspective? Well, you found it. This is Romancipation, a podcast that challenges conventional ideas about sex, love, dating, and mating. Hosts Marley and Lise offer candid and provocative advice about what it takes to find the partner you deserve. It's time to rethink your approach to your love life. Take charge and get romancipated. On today's episode, relationship deadlines are an illusion. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I want to make it very clear that having a life plan is very different than having relationship deadlines. And I do think a lot of people confuse the two. You always talk about like, what's your two-year plan, your five-year plan, your 10-year plan. Those are just sort of general ways of thinking about how you want to shape your future together and what decisions you might make to shape that future. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we grow up though, thinking that there's a perfect timeline. Well, and that's just it. Exactly, Lise. For some reason, society will tell us either directly or indirectly, we need to set certain deadlines for particular things to happen in a relationship. Yes. Whether it's sleeping together, living together, marrying, purchasing a home, creating children, any of these things, these are big life altering decisions. And the idea that you're going to let some ridiculous deadline, societal notion of like what's supposed to happen when, like dictate that to you is ridiculous or create unnecessary pressure for you or your partner. I've never agreed with it. I think that when people feel this false sense of urgency, they end up being influenced in a way that their decisions are often counterproductive or harmful to the actual relationship, certainly they tend to not be very conducive to actually reaching the goal. Don't you feel like, I don't know, there's something about a deadline that like if you don't meet it, you feel like you failed. That's where I think that deadlines create desperate behavior. Desperation, yes. And I think people make very poorly informed decisions and choices in a relationship for that very reason. They are feeling this pressure that they don't need to feel. It's either self-imposed or it's imposed by some outside force. And I've always told people, do not let the level of commitment you have with somebody, the type of obligation you're willing to take on with somebody, like a children, home, whatever it might be that you're not ready for. Don't let family, don't let friends, don't let coworkers, don't let the talk show host on TV, don't let anybody convince you you're missing out. Or that you need to go and get stuff done. TikTok, TikTok, because it's wrong. We are starting to see more and more young women realize they don't want to be parents. For a long time, these sort of relationship deadlines were very much based around childbearing. Absolutely, right. And as science and technology is advancing, and as there are more and more opportunities to have alternative forms of families from the sort of traditional concept of a family, you don't need to feel that pressure to have to find that perfect partner that's going to work for you, be in a financial situation so that you can afford the home to get it ready, your little nest ready for the children. You know, I mean, you don't have to do that. The fact is the world is your oyster. 
And when you remove that ridiculous concept of a relationship deadline, you can actually go at your own pace. Everybody's a different It's also about like a comfort level. I mean, when you're taking in and absorbing everybody's commentary towards you, say you're cohabitating with somebody and you're perfectly happy with that level of commitment to your relationship, like you just pointed out, your comfort level is really all that matters. Your comfort level, your partner's comfort level, taking it to whatever people deem as the next step, getting married, having children, anything above and beyond what you're doing in your relationship is really nobody else's business. That's right. And the second you start letting that noise in, it disrupts your comfort. That's right. It becomes unnatural. It doesn't allow the relationship to progress in an organic way. Here's a little secret. The moment people, friends, family, coworkers are saying, oh my God, you should have sex with him or her, or you should move in together, or you should get a pet, or you should have children, or you should buy a house. You know why they're telling you that? Because they want you to join in their bad choices. That's yeah. the truth. And I'm not it's saying true. that, it's you know, getting true. a pet or getting married yes. or having children or having yes. sex is a bad choice. I'm telling you that the moment an outsider feels yes. the need to comment on your state of romantic attachment, the moment they feel the need to tell you that you're not in a good place and that you need to do the next stage, that's them projecting people because misery loves company. <laughs> They're not happy with the choice they made. True. And therefore, they feel the need to drag you in. Drag you down. That's right. To the same situation. If somebody truly is happy with their relationship state, guess what? They don't care about you. They're in bliss. That's right. They're with their oh, honey bunny. Gosh. They couldn't care what you do. They don't give a shit if you fuck somebody. They don't care if you move in with somebody. It has zero impact on their life because they themselves are having a great time. Yes. Now, if they're not having a great time, they hate that you still have the options that they gave up. Don't you understand? Man, That's why they're you saying are just something. Like, yes. It's but so it's true. True. I will always say to people, when you feel forced or pressured to do something in a relationship, hello, resentment instantly gets triggered. It's never a good idea. If you're not feeling it, if you don't want to take it to the next level, if you're not the one who's driving the bus, then that's telling you something. It's so true. Okay. It means exit stage left or at least slow it down a little. To see if you're going to develop those feelings. I think that that's a really fair point. But I would also say, what happened to living in the moment, right? And I feel like, you know, it's so talked about today with social media and technology and how people are constantly so focused on what other people are doing and viewing their happiness and not feeling enough. And I think that taking a second and living in your happiness, whatever that is, your current happiness, whether or not you're in a relationship, you're not in a relationship, you're looking, finding that comfort level for yourself. I think that it takes away from the joy that you can be feeling of living in the moment. And when you can live in the moment, future deadlines mean nothing. I think that's a great point, but I'm not going to counter you. Yeah. Because I think so many people end up using the whole relationship deadlines because they're unhappy. Not because they're happy. Remember negative Nelly here, but because they're unhappy. They are doing what you just said. There's always a balance, yeah. They're watching the social media. And they're feeling like they're missing out. And they're feeling like they're missing out. And so they're creating these artificial deadlines like, oh gosh, if I'm not married by 30, 
If yes. I don't have a house by 40, if I haven't done this, that somehow I'm a failure, that somehow our relationship is a failure. It's not as legit. Oh, we've been together for six years, but he's not proposed yet. Why not? It's like, hello, because he doesn't want to get married. How do you not get that? <laughs> Did you have if, that conversation? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you've been with somebody for six years and they haven't bothered to propose to you, it means they don't want to marry you. They want that opening. Remember the old exit strategy? They're practicing it. Marley They're had practicing asked it. that question on the first date, if you can all recall. <laughs> Whether you believe it or not, though, they I are do. I practicing an exit strategy. They yes. are keeping one foot out the door because they have decided that you are not the person that they are willing to go all the way. By the way, if you push them, they might give in, but it's not going to last. It's not going to last. It's just Absolutely. that simple. Absolutely. So again, creating these deadlines, you're not going to give yourself the happiness that you're seeking. It will end in misery. Well, and it's like an endorphin rush watching other people have happiness, I guess. I guess that's why social media is so yeah. impactful, right? Like they you do. do, you get that adrenaline rush wishing that it was you or wanting to be part of that lifestyle or whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah, it consumes you. But that's not true happiness. It's not true comfort. It's not true your worldview or life. It's you're focused through the lens of somebody else that's only putting that's their right. happy moments that's out right. there. And you also have to make sure that if you do have these sort of arbitrary deadlines in your head and you're really stuck with them and you're not going to like get rid of them, then you better communicate them yes. very early on. Yes. Like Lee said, like I always say, at the very beginning of the relationship, communicate them. Because if the other person doesn't see it the same way, you're not going to be on the same page and things aren't going to progress the way you want. And you're going to get frustrated yes. and you're going to end up acting out in ways that could damage your relationship that if you just were clear and if the other person was like, okay, I hear what you want and you know what? I'm going to kind of like, give me a chance. Let's see how it progresses. Sure. Then you're giving them the opportunity, but they know what you're looking for. Expectations. Expectations. Or they have the option to say, yeah, you know what? Those are not expectations I want to meet. These are conversations you have to have. And if you think they're scary, and if you think they're a turnoff, then guess what? That's not the right person That's for you. That's also a red flag. Exactly. It's a red flag. <laughs> if the person is like, whoa, 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 we're Baby. getting way too <laughs> ahead of ourselves, then the person lied on their profile if they said looking for something serious. Or because, they are looking for something serious, just not with you. That's right. Exactly. So you need to be honest with yourself. You need to really ask, are you the one creating these deadlines? Why are you creating these deadlines? What purpose do these deadlines serve? Are they realistic deadlines? And are they fair to you? Are they fair to the other person? Are they even necessary for you to achieve ultimately what you want? And also totally. recognize as you move on and as your relationship gets more serious and as you become a more long-term situation, different types of deadlines can pop up. And if you two aren't going to have those conversations, that's a problem. There's a lot of people that have children and then they think they're done. They <laughs> think they're done. And all of a sudden, boop, boop, <laughs> there's another child and everything hits the reset button. So I'm just telling you, like, you have to be very communicative with your partner in saying, I'd like to have this by this. Once we sort of hit this point, 
We're not going to do X, Y, and Z. Listen, if you hit a point where you are in your late 50s, early 60s, and you're not financially stable, this is not the time to be really irresponsible with like buying a house that's way out of your budget, okay? This is the time where you downsize and you start thinking, okay, we said we'd buy our dream home by the time we were retirement age, but guess what? If you can't afford it, that deadline needs to disappear Well, for your own way, well-being. Dreams change. And there is really no such thing as perfect timing because life is constantly changing and evolving. And so the second that you put a deadline on something, you're immediately negating life happening. Well said. It's venting time with Marley and Lise. It's that time when Lise and I get to vent our frustrations over commonly experienced issues in romantic relationships. Today's topic, to have sex with me, my partner needs to understand my moods. It's a very mental thing for women. It so is. Oh my gosh, this is a good topic. All right, I think, you go first. I think that for women, good sex is like at least 80% mental. Yes. The mood that you're in and how you get started. Absolutely. So men, I think, often assume that women's moodiness is about them or something that they've done. Forget yourself. It's not always about you. I mean, listen, a woman can go from feeling like super sexy to super cranky in an instant, right? Like bad lighting, like insecurities, like <laughs> things can go wrong. And it's a glimpse not in the mirror. <laughs> a glimpse in the mirror. You see that dimple, like whatever. Maybe she had a bad day at work or didn't get enough sleep. Or maybe she walked in and you left the toilet seat up. Like who knows what it is? You can go from feeling super sexy to not super sexy in an instant. And sometimes it's just plain hormonal. So all I would say is take a minute or five to assess the situation, look at my face before you make a move. <laughs> all right. Those are all good points. So, I mean, well, I know you're going to have some really good things. Well, I hope I do. Okay, so I'm going to start by saying sex for women and some men is more mental than physical. Yes. A partner that understands this reality will have a much higher rate of success in getting sex out of their partner if they can learn to read a room and their partner's moods. Read a room, I love it. If my partner wants sex, there needs to be empathy displayed earlier in the day. It cannot just be automatic because the mood to fool around strikes them. Ooh. Women carry a lot of the emotional burden for their family, and it ends up taking a toll on the woman's desire to be sexual. When women are not in the right headspace, sex becomes another chore or burden on the long list of things to do. This makes women resent their partners and often only engage in sexual activity as a way to shut the person up. (laughs) The smallest gestures of appreciation and intimacy can change a woman's mood. Wearing down a woman by nagging, guilting, or threatening to get sexual satisfaction elsewhere is selfish, thoughtless, and manipulative behavior. Ugh, yeah. A woman in a long-term relationship needs to feel like there's trust, respect, and intimacy to feel desire. Having children changes a woman's body, priorities, and ability to practice self-care. Taking note of these realities and being sensitive to them will actually get you more sex than complaining about them to your partner. Yep. Many women enjoy sex with their partner once they're in the right mindset. It's important to communicate with your partner to understand what actions or behaviors a partner can do to help 
that mindset become a reality. Yes. In other words, much like you said, Lise, if there are just little behaviors that the guy can do or change to get the woman more in the mood, he is going to be much more likely in having his advances met with a positive response. You're so right. If your wife or girlfriend or partner is up the night before with a sick kid while you were just sleeping all evening, and then you think you're going to get sex with them the next day, you're friggin' foolish, all right? (laughs) The person is tired, they're exhausted, they're concerned about their child's well-being, chances are. There's probably a mess they still need to clean. The last thing they want to do is get your rocks off. However, I can tell you, if you say to them, you know what, babe, why don't you relax? I'm going to make dinner. I'm sure you're exhausted. Why don't you go take a nap? I'm going to get the kids fed and bathe and put them to bed. I got to tell you something. The chance of you getting the next morning a nice wake-up blowjob have increased tenfold, <laughs> tenfold. Just, that turned me on right yeah, there. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Just by being thoughtful to your partner. That's right. It's really about reading the room. It's about understanding that when somebody feels appreciated, when somebody feels heard, when somebody feels like you understand Empathy, what they're it. going yes. through, they are much more willing to be open to sexual advances. It's just the truth. Lisa and I want to thank you so much for joining us this week. To view the complete show notes and a recap of today's podcast, or to learn more about us, visit www.romancipation.com. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive notifications of new episodes right when they're released. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let us know by leaving a five-star review on Apple or a five-star rating on Spotify. Reviews let Apple know that great listeners like you enjoy our show, and that helps us expand our audience. Thanks again, and stay romancipated. <laughs>